0: You're listening to a podcast of the Sunday Morning Message from Grace Christian Church in the city of Cork on the beautiful south coast of Ireland. We hope and pray that it will be a blessing to you. But I began to reflect and look when uh, life closed in. I felt the Lord challenge me and really to me it was a revelation uh, to my shame. Um, that there were so many blessings going on in my life, and I wasn't even aware of them. So what I did was I took out my journal, that's like a diary I keep, and I wrote down all of the main blessings in my life, but then I began to sense the Holy Spirit saying, what about the silent or hidden blessings that are going on in your life? So that's what I'm going to talk about today. Can I start off with a quote from a man called Smith? Wigglesworth. He was an old Pentecostal pastor over 100 years ago across the water in England, and um, he was a great man of God. And while he loved studying God's word, he also said this, which I really uh, agree with. Some people read their, like to read their Bibles in Hebrew and some in Greek. I prefer to read mine in the Holy Ghost. No, I love Hebrew and Greek as much as the next pastor and I love to get the meanings and I think I've got a good enough head to understand intellectually what's going on. But the danger is that some Christians reduce, it's called reductionism, they reduce scripture to a philosophy, or to just an academic intellectual thing, and they miss the power of the Holy Ghost speaking through the Word of God. So I am all for Greek and Hebrew, as Smith Wigglesworth was 100 years ago, but I'm going to speak today, I hope and I believe, through the Holy Ghost. So I hope you're up for listening, and I hope God speaks to you through it. So here we are in our lockdown situation and you might go, oh, no, I don't want to be reminded of that. Bear with me. I'm not really going into it, but I want to maybe challenge you a little bit and encourage you, I believe, an awful lot. So Michael has prayed over the word. May it bless your soul and mine as well. Just remember our saviour, Jesus. If you're a Christian, we follow who? Jesus Christ. And this is what happened to Jesus mark 1 12 tells us then jesus was led by the spirit out of the wilderness he withdrew there and he isolated for 40 days sound familiar i'm not comparing ourselves to the trials jesus went through i wouldn't dare but 40 days is about six weeks which is the time of this particular lockdown now we're almost a third through it i know but Jesus self-isolated, so he self-isolated more than you've self-isolated or I have. There was no TV, there was no Wi-Fi, there was no Facebook or Instagram or YouTube or podcasts. There wasn't any supermarkets, there wasn't a comfortable home or a warm bed. Or there was none of that. This was full-on isolation out in the wilderness. And this was Jesus, the Son of God, following the leading of the Holy Spirit. What? You mean God could be in a lockdown? Absolutely. Amen. I can't give you all the reasons why, but I know God can be in it. And I know for a fact that you and I are not in this by chance, or most of the rest of the Western world, or a lot of the world. So Jesus is isolated for the best part of six weeks, where he withdraws. And I have heard and read a lot of sermons and blogs about what happened to Jesus when he was in isolation for this time. Um, we know that the scripture, for example, tells us in verse 12 as well that he was tempted by Satan, but also helped by angels. Every blog I've read, every sermon I've listened to focuses on the first bit here, how he was Tested and tempted by Satan and how he resisted it. And he was, and it was a challenge, and it was difficult. But I've yet to hear anyone talk about the last bit. Now maybe you've heard loads of fellas talking about it, and it's just the guys that I'm reading. So okay, fair dinkum. But it's almost like the blessing and the isolation was blocked out by the challenge of this isolation. And I'm wondering, and this is what prompted me with this, I'm wondering if you and I are not seeing the blessings that are going on in our lives, and this is really important for our souls, I'm even pointing my finger, and pointing it back at myself as well. You and I have to be intentional. Intentional. To see the blessings. It's like after that comma, you've got to read the rest of the sentence. He was helped by angels. So there was both challenge and difficulty, but also a blessing. In effect, when Jesus isolated and with, was withdrawn, it was preparing him for ministry to make a shortcut. When we withdraw sometimes, it leads to growth. So withdrawal can lead to growth. Isolation at times can lead to growth. Big health warning. Jesus never did it for more than six weeks. Some people withdraw as a lifestyle. And maybe you've done it because your heart is broken. Or your mind is broken. Or your body is broken. And honestly my heart goes out to you. It's not a nice place to be. I'm sure it's not really where you want to be yourself. And my prayer is that God will... Do a work in you to give you the courage to begin a healing process so that you don't remain in isolation. Isolation from a Jesus rhythm point of view was always short and temporary. You might say six weeks is forever. No, it's not. No, it's not. Jesus just did it for that period and then he went back to the people. Back into the midst of ministry and what God called him to do. So withdrawal, isolation, for a short period can lead to growth. What does the scripture say? See, a seed of corn must be buried in the ground before it grows. John 12:24. If you feel like you're buried right now, well, perhaps God is going to bring new life out of this. Perhaps the Lord has a plan that is bringing something totally new out of it. And that's what I want to talk about today. So I'm going to look mainly today and just go into a very short main portion of scripture, which is Genesis 22 um, and basically verses 20 to 23. It's only three verses. I have been parked for about two months at Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. The patriarchs of the Jewish faith of Israel and by extension of Christianity and these three patriarchs grandfather son and grandson I find fascinating and not only these three men but I've also been fascinated with a place called Beersheba the well of the promise city today in southern Israel you can check out what I said on all of the previous Facebook videos or on YouTube or podcast but the context we're looking at just briefly today is Abram father Abram and Abram finally had the son who he was longing for for most of his life and in his old age he had his beloved son was finally born Isaac and then God tested him and we're told for example Genesis 22 2 it says the Lord tested Abram at Mount Mariah, saying, Take your son Isaac, who you love, and sacrifice him to me. Now, just just bear with me one second. We know from earlier on that when they were making the altar, remember, Abraham was a man of altars, Isaac a man of wells, Jacob a man of tents. When Abraham was preparing the altar, young Isaac asked his father, What's going to be the sacrifice? And Abraham said. The Lord will provide the sacrifice. Which he did. A ram whose horns got caught in a thicket. But the thing is. While Abraham knew somewhere in his soul. That God was going to provide the sacrifice. He didn't know fully. Until he was at it. Maybe just maybe. God would actually want his son. To be sacrificed. So. It's a bit like this. Let's say, God forbid, you find a lump under your arm, and you go, ooh, I better get this checked out. And you go to your doctor, and the doctor says to you, I don't think it's cancer, but we won't know until it's checked out. I'm going to refer you to a consultant. And so you go to the consultant, and the consultant checks it out, and he says, I don't think it's cancer, but we really have to check it out before we can be certain. And he does a biopsy and sends it for tests. And a week later, you're going in, having received a call from the consultant to come in and meet with him to get your results. Even though you've been told by the doctor and the consultant you probably don't have cancer, I wonder how you'd feel? Can I suggest that your heart would be beating and your heart would be in your mouth and you would be pretty stressed out if not traumatised and until the consultant says much as I suspected it's not cancer you're fine until you hear those words there is always something playing in the back of your mind and within your emotions that this could be cancer and you could be facing into a terrible battle and ordeal. That's what it was like for Abraham. While he knew deep down the Lord would provide an alternative sacrifice to his son, yet this was a genuine test because until he put Isaac on the altar, as this image illustrates, until then, and until the ram appeared with his horns caught in the thicket, Until then, he didn't know for certain. So this was a real test for Abraham. So that's the context, and I'm going to read three verses that I believe is the Holy Spirit or the Holy Ghost talking. We're going to read this through the Holy Ghost, as it were. And you know what? We can do Hebrew and Greek another time. Let's see what the Holy Spirit might be saying to all of us in Ireland here, and maybe abroad, during this lockdown. May God bless his word to our souls. Amen. Abraham returned from Mount Moriah with his young son Isaac. So we're just after coming out of this. And there the Lord had tested him about Isaac. And after this, they traveled on and they set up home with their servants in, guess where? Again, Beersheba. And one day at Beersheba, Abraham got news about his brother Nahor back home. Nahor had had eight sons born to him, and the youngest son, called Bethuel had a daughter who was called Rebekah. And that's it. Now this is what's known in the Bible as a genealogy. That's basically, this guy was the son of this guy, was the son of this guy, that was the wife, that was the daughter, that was the mother, all this kind of thing. And it comes up kind of every now and again in the bible and if you are like me and like i think most christians when we come to the son of the son of the son of the son of we kind of skip over it do you do that michael okay just the hat (laughs) so we sometimes do that it's kind of like a bit tedious it's like i don't want to read through this the thing is though you've heard of the old saying the devil is in the detail In my opinion, I'm going to claim that saying and turn it on its head. The blessing is in the detail. The Lord is in the detail. Because something powerful happened here that we're not aware of. I want you to put yourself in the mindset of Abraham. Remember, he thought he was going to lose his son. Just picture you going into the consultant to get your cancer results. Whether you had it or you hadn't, and multiply that if it's your child who you love, for those who are parents. So just put yourself into Abraham's headspace. I think he was still stressed. The man would still have had a good degree of trauma in his system. He would have been worried because they had a big house move and he would have been very busy. And maybe that's an awful lot of us today. Maybe you and I and Michael and all of us are in the headspace of Abraham, a bit traumatized by stuff, a bit stressed out by what's happening. Maybe a bit of worry, quite busy with the kids at home or trying to get your career back online or how do I study here, etc, etc. So all of this is going on. And in the middle, Abraham gets word about his family back home. Remember, he came from what we now call Iraq, Ur of the Chaldees. And while he left, his brother Nahor had stayed on back there. And we don't know whether it was written or it was oral, but we think it was probably written on some kind of vellum or animal skin. We think it was probably written. But he gets news from home. And he basically hears about the existence of a girl called Rebecca. Hello to all Rebeccas looking on. Great name. He hears news of Rebecca. Here's the rub. Rebecca, this is Genesis 22. It was another two chapters later before Rebecca fully comes into the picture as someone who transforms the situation. But before Rebekah came into the situation, two whole chapters earlier, God says to Abraham, here's someone called Rebekah. You see, Rebekah was the future. Rebekah was the one who was going to be life-giving into their family. Because if you read uh, Genesis 25, we know that Isaac ended up marrying Rebekah. She became his wife. He loved her, and she gave birth to twin sons Jacob and Esau. Now, just a small thing, some people may say, weren't they kind of second cousins or something? Yeah, they were, but the DNA wasn't at all as compromised as it is now. This is many thousands of years ago. It was a lot purer, so get any kind of weird thing out of your head. It wasn't like that. Thing is, Abraham got renews of Rebecca. Just think of Abraham. You're stressed, you're busy, you're a bit traumatized. And God says, in a hidden way, in a silent way, here's someone called Rebecca. She is going to become the wife of your beloved son who you thought you di- was going to die. You see, all he could think about was, will my son live? And Isaac was still somewhat young at this time. And here God is saying, Rebecca has been born, Rebecca. Is going to come into your life. He lists her, she's there, and if only Abraham had had the space and the serenity to pick up on that, it's like a kiss of the future into the present. It was like a big hint of what was coming up because Rebecca was going to give birth to Abraham's grandsons and the promise of God was going to be carried on and through Jacob the whole nation of Israel was going to come whose descendants were more numerous than the stars in the sky and not only that it was through this line that Jesus Christ our Saviour the Messiah was going to be born and all of this was encapsulated in a moment in time with the word of a girl's name Rebecca wonder did it go right over Abraham's head I suspect it did I suspect a lot of things are going over your head and my head and they are blessings and promises that because of the current situation or a bit of stress or trauma or business we're not really seen I mean a big thing I was Praying recently and I was walking up by my house out towards the sea, we live near the sea, and I was walking out and I was thanking the Lord for the very tangible blessings in my life and I felt the Holy Spirit challenge me and say, what about the blessings you're not thanking me for? I said, what's that like? And you know, one of the big ones, the first one, I mean there was a load of them, my health. Thank God I've got my health. I know not everyone has good health. And by the grace of God, I'll continue. By the grace of God, he heals because he heals today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But you see, your health, we take for granted until something breaks down. Until your heart gives you trouble. Until your liver stops functioning. Until you break something or something goes wrong. Then we go, oh my goodness, if only I had my health. But while we have our health, it's like a hidden or a silent blessing. I challenge you, when is the last time you thank God for your health? When? Have you got a roof over your head? Have you got enough money to feed yourself and your family? Have you got a bit of warmth? I mean, I could go on and on about all these blessings that we just take for granted. But you and I, as Christians, if you take your faith seriously, if you don't, you're probably on a different page anyway. But I'm speaking to the ones who take their faith seriously. Have you sat down what I personally did, and this is just what works for me, I listed them down. You know, it's something like 18 or 19 hidden, silent blessings. I'm not going to go into all of them, but a lot of them are probably very similar to what you had yourselves, but then there was a number of others that were quite peculiar to me. The thing is, God is saying prophetically, I believe, to quite a number of people here today, this morning, or if you're watching on later on, saying to you, have you actually seen all of these silent blessings that you just take for granted? and all you can see. I mean, I get it, guys. I get it when we say, I can't go to the cinema. I can't go to my favorite restaurant. Hashtag, first world problems. What about the blessings that are all around you? Have you ever meet a small, spoiled child, gets everything they ever want, and you give them yet another thing. Michael is a typical example of a spoiled yeah, child. You much. give them everything they ever want, and they kind of give you an old snort, and, there's no pleasing them. Sometimes we can be like that. And can I appeal and challenge and pray and plead with you as men and women of God? Just take a step back and say, you know, maybe go on your knees and say, God, you've given me so many blessings, and all I've been talking about to myself, hashtag first world problems, is the cinema and the restaurant and my latte down in blah, whatever. No. God, you've given me so much. Thank you that there is, it's safe to walk down the road and get a bit of headspace and exercise, whatever it is. So there's so many blessings. What I find interesting as well about this, and remember when God said to Abraham, Rebecca, just that word. Do you know what God was saying to him? And he's, I prophesied this to many here. Do you know what he was saying? Abraham, I've got your future. I've got your back. You see, Abram was going, my son has just survived. It's just come close to death. Will he even make it into adulthood? I've got your future, Abram. It's sorted. Rebecca. When I was a child, there was a thing called telegrams. And a telegram would arrive. I always remember I was about eight. And in our front door at Nunswalk Walk off Pauladuff Road, over near the lock in Balfihan, I can remember the doorbell ringing. I answered the door, and the telegram boy, there was such a thing, said, Telegram for the Burks." And I said, ma'am, can I open this? And she said, yeah. And I opened the telegram. And it was always just one sentence. And it was our cousins from America had landed in Shannon Airport. (gasps) They were like movie stars to us. And they were coming to visit. And it was like a telegram. We're here. We're coming. We're not there yet. But hang on. We'll be with you. And of course, they bought loads of presents, which is all we really cared about. We didn't care about them at all. (laughs) We just wanted all the American toys. I jest. But that word Rebecca was like a telegram from God, saying to Abraham, you don't have to be anxious, you don't have to be traumatized or stressed, Isaac's future is secure, and the promise that I gave to you is going to come to pass, hallelujah. And it was all summed up in that word Rebecca. I wonder how many telegrams are being sent to you and to me, and we're so busy and we're so stressed. Or maybe we're too traumatized to see it. I love as well the fact that this was Nahor's eighth son. So Rebekah's dad, Bethuel, was the eighth son of Abraham's brother. And eight, biblical numerology, is the number of new beginnings. So Rebekah represented not only the life giving future, it was the new beginning for Abraham's family, for his promise. the future. You might say oh my god it's the winter it's dark, it's wet it's locked down yeah but what about the new beginnings? What has God got for you? And I feel the Holy Spirit is saying there's new beginnings. You know there's a very interesting very ancient Chinese philosopher. Don't agree with a lot of what he said but I do like this Lao Tzu said new beginnings are often disguised as painful endings. If you're in the middle of a painful ending, whether it's a relationship, a job, study, a ministry, whether it's, you feel, life, family, well, maybe God is a new beginning for you. It's just disguised in a painful ending. Because for Abraham, walking away from Mount Moriah, that was a painful ending. He passed the test, but the man was traumatized, if he's any type of human being. So, brothers and sisters, let me quote one more scripture for you, and with you, it's from Isaiah 45.3. Maybe this is for you. This is the Lord. I will give you hidden or silent blessings, so that you will know that I am the Lord. Hallelujah. This is God's way of telling you, I've got your future. There's something new going to happen in your experience and in your life. He who has ears to hear what the Spirit says to the church. He who has eyes to see. So right now, we all have a choice. We can get angry and frustrated at life. Or we can go on our knees and thank God for the blessings seen and unseen. And have a little bit of faith to go. God is a new beginning for me, and for the people I love through all of this. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. So, what are your silent blessings? That's my question. Are you willing to take? We all have a little bit more time now. And don't pretend you don't, because you do. Will we all take a little bit of time and intentionally reflect? and examine our current life situation and come to the conclusion, I have so many blessings that I haven't even seen. And you know what the Bible says, capture every thought, meditate, on these things, whatever is good, whatever is wholesome, whatever is praiseworthy. Ah, Hall Martin! Ah, the shops! Ah, Enfet Or whatever those doctors are. I know, I feel your frustration, I'm not getting at anyone, but instead of your Christian mind. Focusing on Tony Holohan or Michal Martin or Leo Baratkar or the virus. How about we focus our mind on the blessings. Whatever is good, whatever is faithful, whatever is praiseworthy. Read it in the book of Philippians. So I'm going to pray in just a moment for you and me to have this mindset. To see the new beginnings. And as Michael is coming up. Just to say next Sunday is part two of this and I'm calling it Unforeseen Blessings. The blessings that God is going to bless you and your loved ones with that you haven't even seen yet. But right now we're going to sing a beautiful song and the song is called Thank You Lord. I love when it says for all the blessings I cannot see. Michael is going to sing it and I'm going to come back and pray. And I have one or two prophetic words, if you can hang on, and I'd share them. Michael. I come before you today. And there's just something that I wanna say that. disengage in your life. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. With a grateful heart heart and a song of praise, with an outstretched arm, I'll bless your name. If you're willing to pray with me, I'm going to pray that God will open our minds and open our hearts to see the hidden and the silent blessings that are going on all around us and maybe be willing to hear the telegram of the person or the event that is about to happen into your family's life, into your life that will bless our futures. So let's join in prayer. I'm going to share there's one prophetic word I have to share. But let's pray generally. In the name of Jesus of Nazareth. Open our minds. Open our hearts. And help us to intentionally see. The many hidden and silent blessings all around us. Send us telegrams O oh God. Of names. Of events. From the future into our present. Kiss us O oh God. With something from the future. And I pray that though we are broken and human like Abraham was. That we would stop and hear and see the telegram you're sending to us. So that the new beginnings can break out in our lives. In Jesus name I pray and the people of God said. Amen. Amen. One prophetic word I'm going to share. And that is. I have had over the last few days a picture in my mind of someone who built an extension to their house. And I particularly saw, it's a married couple, and I saw the wife being so happy with the extension. um, Because it did look great, the only thing is when I looked up in this image, there was no roof. The extension was there, but there was no roof. And I feel the Lord is saying to a married couple, Because a roof means covering. If you look at the biblical imagery, we need to agree together as couples with stuff. And if either the wife or the husband goes off on their own without their partner's blessing, it's not God's will. But particularly in imagery, if a wife goes off without her husband, totally against it. It's really bad for the marriage. It's bad the other way around as well. But I'm just sticking with this. And I feel the Lord is saying to a married couple, and particularly to a wife, you need to listen and bring in your husband. And I'm going to say it to the husband, you need to take on board and try and understand your wife's heart in this new thing that is going on. This is a marriage. If you both go in different directions, your marriage won't last. But we need to have a humble heart and to try and prefer our partner's needs And our partner's um, vision in all of this. So I'm going to pray for this married couple who are doing something, but one of you is driving it and the other one isn't for it. And I'm going to pray that you're going to come together again and be of one heart and one purpose. Whether you let the project go or whether the husband fully comes on board with it, I don't know what the answer to that is, but I'm going to pray for this marriage. In the name of Jesus. This husband and wife, we ask you, O oh God, that your Holy Spirit would descend and through the power of heaven that both hearts would be softer and humble and would be willing to listen to the other. Not attack one another, not bombard one another with facts, but have a humble heart, maybe to keep silent, maybe to just understand I pray that this marriage would not break down what anyone say amen? amen. And I pray instead a blessed future and maybe a new beginning. And if this extension is from you, that the roof would go on and it would be protected from the storm to come. Come Holy Spirit and help our couple. May they see the blessing in each other and may they see the silent and the hidden blessings that they each bring into this marriage. Come, Holy Spirit, give this couple a great future. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Amen.